Hello and welcome to the Rugby Sevens Roller Coaster. We're here to take you on the ups, the downs, the twists, the turns, and the excitement that is Premier Rugby Sevens. The sports league taking over the US with some of the best athletes our sport had to offer. I'm Dallas Stafford, former USA Sevens player and current World Rugby commentator. And I'm Robin McDowell, former Canadian Sevens player and current international coach. Together, we'll bring you the latest PR Sevens news. Welcome to your new home for Sevens Rugby. They were not sure they were getting the win. It took a moment for the bench to react. The Retrievers had 19 straight points, but a dagger by Odendahl. And that will be the final, a 22-19. Ball comes out to the hands of Simon Atafa. Looney's getting a little loose with their play. But can they get in the tries? So do we have ourselves another winner? And it is Gonzalez, the woman born right here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Hello and welcome to episode six of the Rugby Sevens Roller Coaster, a North American inspired podcast that focuses on the world of sevens, especially the Premier Rugby Sevens. We just witnessed a brilliant Western Conference kickoff event in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where TCO Stadium saw so many tight finishes it had us on the edge of our seats. Record high drama, high stakes, single elimination format, five hours entertainment, two winners crowned with the women's Northern Loonies, coached by my co-host Robin and the Rocky Mountain experts. Men, both finals decided by just three points each. I love watching the TV broadcast and if you will need to catch up on the scores and of course check out the action, go to the website PR7s.com and also the PR7s YouTube page. So many thrilling, exciting matches. All right, what an episode we have for you. Tournament review from Minnesota. We talk with both the women's player of the tournament, Renee Gonzalez, and the men's player of the tournament, Jock Odendahl. But first, Robin, congratulations. A strong opening Western Conference event. Has your heart recovered? Uh, my heart's recovered, but not my sleep. It's It was obviously a big buildup on the road with the PR7's ID. And, uh, you know, for every coach, we're forming at the start of the week, in, well, meeting, forming, and uh, trying to put our recipes together in, in that heat in Minnesota, and then obviously rolling the dice as we get out there. And, and for us, you know, I, this 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 weekend really had it all. It was a roller coaster. We delayed kickoff with Storms Dallin. It was all happening. Didn't know if we were actually going to play fully. Didn't know if games would get pushed into late night or, or what happened. And, and then the skies opened up and uh, and it all happened. We won. We won the whole tournament with a with a local Minnesota girl that plays for Canada. She was a late call up due to an injury. Disney finished there, and then and then meeting uh, you know meeting uh, the Golden State Retrievers on debut, Kelly Griffin, uh, our former head coach of the Loonies, who I've had the pleasure and honor of working with the last few years, and one of my great friends. Meeting her in the final, and uh, you know I was uh, you know like most sevens coaches smoking on the sideline with the stress but uh the second we won uh it was relief it was joy for my players and uh and of course as always i i race over to shake hands and give hugs to the opposing coach win or lose and uh little gutted for griff uh, um you know it's just at the heart of the game you know the pr7 is like the world series you become a traveling family and um you know, it's uh, I was heartbroken for, our, you know, the, the teams that, you know, we all put in the same amount of effort and and it's a bounce of a ball as we've seen again on Saturday. Such a tense finish. As you say, it could have gone either way. In fact, there were so many moments where like, OK, this team's going to win it. And then all of a sudden it changed on the last movement of the game in both finals. All right, let's let's review some of the action. Of course, we we know it's high stakes, high drama, knockout rugby. So let's talk about the first women's games, right? Four women's teams in the Western Conference. 
Starting with the semifinals, Ruby 2 inspired the Golden State Retrievers to victory. They won 22-19 against the Rhinos ex-loggerheads. And then your loonies just survived 12 points to 10 against the Rocky Mountain experts in the second semifinal. Uh, your thoughts on those opening games? Yeah, again, it was like, you know, the the high stakes. I mean, uh, CEO Owens Scannell uh, wanting to have a semifinal final. I mean, it's definitely up up the intensity, up the drama and, and up the standard for me. Finally got one over on Irene. Irene's beat me uh, at the international level, uh, at the PR7s level a number of times. She's a great coach alongside Raw. So we were lucky enough to be on the, the front side of that that game. And then, you know, we knew it would be a barn burner against Ruby Tui and uh, Kelly Griffin's well coach side. And which other players stood out in, in those opening games to you? Yeah, so for the uh, the Rocky Mountain experts, former Looney, Spiff Cedric, she was consistent, super fit. You can see why she was a big piece of that USA team that uh, that pre-qualified for the Olympics. Summer Harris-Jones was one of the leading try scorers, if not the leading try scorer. She was unstoppable every touch of the ball. She burned us a couple times. And then for the loggerheads, Canadian Karina Gaudo, that's been down, down training at the Rhino Academy over the winter. She's fit. She's on form. She was carving. And uh, Eunice Bessie, the, the Fijian flyer, was, was unstoppable. For the retrievers, of course, uh, Captain Ruby Tui, all over the field, you know, unstoppable, hair flying. And then uh, the Brazilian Rafaela Zenelato, she uh, she caught us inside in the first half of the of the cup final and just just dominated. Uh, with our loonies, I was really impressed by by the the silent sniper, Sativa Tauro Pahikaru, our, our, our lone uh, Kiwi. She's worked super hard over the winter in Missouri. Not a lot of rugby, just training on her own. And um, she moved the ball as well. And then, of course, Alev Kelter, she was just unstoppable. So to have our original captain, Back into the loonies after you know after going to to World Cups and Olympics uh, was unbelievable and uh, excited to have her back in the team. Yeah, Lev slotted in perfectly as well. And then switching across to the men's side, you know, just one score separating the sides in the semifinals as well. The experts beat the Rhinos ex Logheads twenty six nineteen and another tight finish. And the Retrievers just clipped the loonies twelve points to seven. Uh, so your thoughts then on the men's uh, sides that kicked it off. Yeah, the men's was just as just as stressful to watch and just as exciting. Uh, the experts who was recently on the pod, uh, Corey Jones, on form at the heart of everything. Such a consistent side. Again, they the the coaches uh, Emil and uh, JK have been together. They've won three three comps in the last year, so that was great. And then uh, on the Looney side, Noah Brown, the USA uh, up and coming playmaker, he led his team well. And the ever dangerous Isaiah Naku for the Fijian Olympic star. He his first touch of the ball, he literally just jogged through the middle of the field and then put one of his boys away. Everybody's like, "Who's that?" I'm like, "It's it's that's one of the best uh, the best playmakers in the world." Yeah, we're seeing a thing who's so dangerous, so electric. It's amazing pickup from Richie Walker and the PR seven to have him playing here and showing us his stuff. And then Robin, the final two games uh, in the women's finals, the third place game, the Rhinos ex loggerheads taking third place, a great finish against the experts, 22 points to 17. And then your loonies who left it late, winning 10-7 against the retrievers. Uh, Rene Gonzalez, try at the death, spectacular finish. What an advert for the game. Yeah, we couldn't have wrote couldn't have wrote a better script. The hometown girl scoring in front of her friends and family. Dallin, I didn't know that Minneapolis was home of loonies. And 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 so we had people out t-shirts, jerseys, uh year three. It was nice to feel like that that home ice advantage, as we say in Canada. Everybody repping the loonies and, and Renee in, in extra time to score uh to score was it was a massive, massive result for these women. Yes, so great. And then the men's final, the loonies. 1-19-7 in the third place against the Rhinos ex-loggerheads. 
the tournament winners, the experts against the Retrievers, thanks to a 22 points, 19 last second try. Jock Odendahl going the distance as well. Another thrilling finish again. And you really, again, you can't write this. Yeah, I was really happy for Jacques, who uh, who's featured on this episode. But I'll tell you what, he was the first on the field for his team every session. He was the last off the field for his team, working on his kicking, working on just the little stuff. The guy didn't – he took his opportunity and didn't take it for granted. And uh, and the experts, I mean, they uh, they have a winning recipe and, and credit to their coaches and, and to the core of their team that they stick with coming out of the NAV uh, program. That's right. So quickly to touch on the uh, teams of the tournament, uh, on the men's side of things, Dan Norton, the record try scorer on the HSBC World Rugby 7 Series. Great to see him strut his stuff. Corey Jones was in, in that team as well. Terran Meek, Jock Odendahl, who you mentioned. Peter Sia Jr. had another great tournament. Noah Brown and Wasia Nathungu. For me, I thought um, for the Golden State Retrievers, uh, who was fantastic, was uh, Ty Nosa. He really was a special player. Didn't quite make the selection, but still brilliant. And then the women's side of things, you mentioned some of the names already. Zenalato, you mentioned Sue Adagoki was excellent. Caroline Crossley, you mentioned Lev Kelter, Gonzalez, Bese, hard to stop, and our favorite Ruby Tui as well. But one thing I do want to hone on, Corey Jones. He was wearing Gio Benir's name on his back during the tournament. Uh, such a beautiful gesture as the local Texas rugby legend Gio Benir. He sadly passed away this past month. So Corey wanted to shine a light on Gio and his family and the rugby community. I thought that was a really, really special touch. And, uh, and again, what a classy person, Corey Jones. Yeah, Corey's always uh, always thinking bigger than the game, and he's using the PR Sevens platform as a way to to show his love. And uh, we uh, we're sending our best wishes to his family that that lost him. Yeah, thinking thinking of them for sure, you know. So let's look ahead though to the next event coming up. The Western Conference Finals happens at PayPal Park in San Jose, California, July fifteen. What can we expect, Robin? Yeah, it'll be exciting. So whoever didn't meet each other in the Western kickoffs and then obviously in a, a few weeks after that, the Eastern kickoffs will play each other. So I know our team's looking forward to playing the, the loggerheads. So we'll have our hands full with them, hot off the rebound. But the way it works, Dallin, is the first round for both the East and the West, they get 13 points for first place, six points for second place, three points for third place and one point for fourth place. Even if you finish last place this weekend, you could still, with a calculator, you can still go through to the the championship round in D.C. after that. So for the second round, it's 19 points for number one, 11 points for the second place, five points for third, and two points for fourth. So in our situation, for example, because we finished first and got 13 points, we essentially have to win one game to go through for sure. But we're, uh, like every team, going be going to be ready for that. That's right. And that's the thing. It's do or die, right? You could drop that first game. So it's very tough and the finishes is going to be very close. And it's the reminder for everybody. It's the top two in the West and top two in the East will go through to Washington, D.C. All right. We can't wait to see that upcoming action. We want to give a huge thanks to the hydration partner, Good Sport, the apparel provider, Samurai, and all the sensational staff at the PR7s. Time now for episode six of the Rugby 7s roller coaster. It's Canadian international Rene Gonzalez and 7 Zeal Jock Odendell. We hope you enjoy it. You sleek sensations. The Premier Rugby Sevens Western Kickoff event in Minnesota went off like a frog in a sock with the Northern Loonies women's side winning the tournament 10 points to seven in a thrilling last second score against the Golden State Retrievers. We welcome player of the tournament, Canadian international and rock star Renee Gonzalez to the roller coaster. Welcome, Renee. Hi, yeah. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. And yeah, just happy to be here. Oh, brilliant. Well, let's get your thoughts straight away. The final dramatic finish, 
It was an unbelievable game. Can you talk us through the last minute or so? You were trailing seven points to five. What was going through your mind and, and how did that game finish for you? Yeah, the last couple of minutes we were frantic, obviously um, hungry to get to the try zone and score the tries. So everyone was trying everything. Um, it was really honestly a team effort, like everyone's leg drive, wrapping around the ball. I don't even think I was talking at this point because I was so exhausted and I just made eye contact with Alev and she passed me the ball and yeah, so I was I was gassed at the end, so to say. But yeah, it was it was really unreal to think back when I watched it. And yeah, it's just a great moment for me, especially being at home. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, so what a homecoming. It, it's a it's where you were born, right? So you go back there. I'm sure you had people that came to support you, but this game this game was also televised around the world internationally. And to be able to be in the right place at the right time and have that breakthrough and score the winning try, I mean, it must you must have been so ecstatic. Yeah, yeah, I was really, really happy and everyone came and cheered me on. Um, yeah, I wasn't born there. I just grew up playing rugby there. So my whole family came and watched, which was really special. I hadn't played in Minnesota since high school. So it was a big moment for me. It was kind of like a full circle moment being there and getting to play with a home crowd and seeing all my friends and family there. Yeah, so brilliant. Now, of course, the follow-up question is, where are you going to get the loonies tattoo on your body? <laughs> we'll see, we'll see, we'll see after San Jose. I'll think about it. That's something I need to think about. People are saying inside the lip, but I don't know if I have the pain tolerance for that yet, so... I don't know. Wow. Inside the loop. Okay. So that's a new one for Robin. So, because he, he did say he already has one tattoo, but I get, I feel like if you keep winning, he needs to add a few more, few more inks. Just keep adding some stars to the <laughs> or exactly. more loons. The loon has a family. That's yep. right. Exactly. And Robin, for you, nine months on the road preparing for this obviously first event in the series, first year as the head coach, what was going through your mind? I mean, standing on the sideline, you know, pulling your hair out. Well, the name of the the podcast is a roller coaster, and uh, I think all eight games down there were roller coasters. But uh, for me, it's it's just hoping your team will work the plan. At the end of the day, just going back to Renee, having her come in last minute, she was made available to us, you know, in the last month or so once the team was picked, and then uh, she'd reached out and having an opportunity to select a hometown girl. First time I saw Renee was in uh, her watch her play live was in Naples at the World University Games. And the first touch of the ball, I was like, man, I'd love to work with that athlete. And for, you know, just to see them smile, which was really our goal last weekend. But yeah, during the final, um, you know, the second uh, she got the ball, she found some space. She did what she does and uh, and and scored uh, in injury time was amazing. I felt this huge, huge sense of relief exhaustion and then uh genuinely just felt gutted for uh, one of my best friends which is kelly griffin but uh massively again just just happy to see our girls smile in the end so great and and renee i want to touch on the thoughts of the elimination round so you arrived there at your very first game it's 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 unlike the world series right yeah i mean we're we're put together in just a week and we have everyone has the same amount of time and just like hasn't played with a lot of people. So it's just like finding the rhythm, how people play, the dynamics. Yeah, I think this is like what I live for. I love the teams like this because it's just like being adaptable and playing new rugby and being coachable. So, yeah, I, I would like more of this for sure in rugby. So it was really fun. 
So great. And then Robin, for you, obviously this this PR Sevens event vital for Rugby North America, especially your squad's mostly Canadian. I recognize a lot of the names that have played in the Sevens World Series before, and then you've got a lot of up and coming players. What was it like, you know, for them and having this competition playing against Ruby Two was outstanding, you know, on the retriever side, played against a lot of other Olympians, including uh, Lev Kelta on your side. She had a great final also. It was the ultimate loony squad. We have so many personalities. It was, uh, it was, yeah, kind of a full circle group. We have, like you said, uh, you know, obviously I talk about development every time I'm on here, but uh, I literally get to pick my favorite players, like the ones I love watching and obviously the ones I, you know, hoping to work with. And then um, it was, it was amazing. And obviously Canadian, you know, obviously very supportive of North American rugby and our USA players and our global players, but um, the other seven programs across across the premier sevens is is heavy with with americans and internationals and i you know obviously want to give a number of canadians a chance both from a development standpoint and an opportunity standpoint but to be honest we have so much talent up here like the u sport all the grassroots coaches across canada we are exploding with female talent and this is just the tip of the iceberg so these girls are real real pioneers and uh to, you know they played uh blitzbach women they played you know black ferns they played england players obviously a number of the u.s players that are you know currently top three in the world top four in the world and uh to, to hammer it out you know we had a couple 19 year olds in our team that were you know their eyes were about this big but the second they got on the field they just did their job and so for me it was uh it's been great uh great to put it all together uh this past weekend in minnesota yeah, it was so fun to watch. And that's the thing. It is a roller coaster ride because at any moment in time, let's say that ball didn't fall the way and Renee, you weren't able to pick it up. The other team wins. It's just, it's high stakes. So let's talk about the high stakes. So I want to go to that very first game. There was a slight weather delay. There was lightning going on in the air at TCO Stadium. Did you have a lot of extra nerves going into it, knowing that you're playing against, you know, the experts and somehow if you drop that game, you're out of the of the tournament? What's funny is like, you would think that would be the case, but my nerves were high from the start. And then as time went on, I was like, you know what, it's, it's going to be okay. And I was just ready to go. I was smiling. Everyone was smiling. We were just ready to get on that pitch and just show them what we've been working on for the week. So it, it didn't really affect very much for us on our end. Yeah. And it was a close game though. I mean, the experts came back in that match and yeah. it was, you know, you only won by two points. I mean, they had some very good players as also. Yeah. Yeah. Like that game was also putting us to the test and our skills and execution um and being adaptable too off of each other's lines and work rate so yeah it both games were honestly a grind and it was fun because all of the experience around the board across the board it was just great to see and have that fight and so i'm excited for san jose for that fight to keep building same exactly okay robin let's switch and talk about that so the the points on offer for this last tournament at the the western conference kickoff was is completely different from the points you're going to get potentially in san jose on july 15th so explain that a bit to our audience and also the bit of the thinking behind the pr7s um, instilling this new uh, point system yeah well for starters it, it raises the stakes for the coaches and most importantly the players and the franchises so I was saying with uh, with somebody on the way home yesterday, just just as far as like that's concerned, it completely changed our approach. It definitely upped the level of urgency and also affected how we selected players. Being able to pick a, a team that's that's ready to perform, yeah, Renee might have been might have been a little nervous, but the second she was on the field, she's been there a million times. So we got thirteen points. 
fourth place team, I believe, got got one point. So uh, as far as it works out for the loonies, we have the Western final shootout in two weeks in San Jose, California. And, uh, you know, I think how mathematically we got to win one game. Our goal is to win that competition and win the next competition. Um, but we've set ourselves up. And when when the, the game ended, I ran over those girls and they were celebrating and um i said i just got one thing to say and i said 13 points because that's that's what we got i said thank you for those 13 points girls because they're gonna they're gonna help us out but um yeah i just it just it just raises the standard whereas last year where there was no real yes there was a winner and there was there was there was losers you have to win every game and so what what you saw was you know i think last week just looking at the eastern conference with three new franchises there was bigger margins between those teams uh some blowouts and we knew the Western Conference, both on the men's side, the women's side, would be high standard. But I think every single game last weekend down was was down to one or two points, all eight games. So uh, not too many coaches slept much last week. Uh, but we did try not to put the pressure on the girls, just wanted them to work the system and trust themselves. And, you know, uh, they're fit. They're fit. They're ready. And uh, they got the job done. But just that sense of belief now that we have going into the next round should hopefully help us. Yes, exactly. And for those audience uh, members tuning in as well, the interesting fact is you could technically have finished last this past weekend and then win the next tournament and technically have enough points to go through to the championship. The top two in the West and top two in the East will go through. Um, Renee, so what is your plan now? You've got two, just under three weeks to get ready for, for the next event. Uh, let us know what your schedule looks like. Yeah, so um, we're I'm currently centralized with the Rugby Canada Sevens team. So we have training every day. We do mini scrimmages every week. So uh, that's kind of my prep towards San Jose. And yeah, mo a majority of the girls will be similar to me as well. Great. Awesome. Okay. Well, before we let you both go, uh, Robin, on your side, we, you did mention, of course, how close everything was. I mean, the uh, the other teams in the in the conference with you, you guys are very strong. The Rhinos, ex-Logheads, they lost their semifinal by three points to the Golden Fed Retrievers. And of course, you defeated the Experts by two points. It shows how close that is. You're going to do a lot of homework prepping, uh, watching those games, right? Yeah, I've already done about six hours of it. <laughs> We're ready to go for San Jose, actually. On the Friday night before Saturday, I was I was uh, in the hotel room with uh, with my assistant coach Brett Cannenberg, and I said uh, I was planning San Jose Friday night. And he's like, "Can we just get through tomorrow?" And this was his first time coaching at this level. Can we just get through tomorrow? And I said, "Our job's done for tomorrow. It's the girls' job tomorrow." I, I'm already my my eyes are already on San Jose, but uh, yeah, the loggerheads obviously lost a couple nail biters. They'll come back stronger than ever. Um, they've got a lot of fire of firepower in in that group. And uh, I know Frankie will have them have them working, and uh, there'll be a few changes as well, Dallin. To I think uh, all all uh, all sixteen teams really across the east and the west. We've got a couple uh, exciting additions uh, rejoining us and joining us for the first time. But uh, again, uh, at this level with with these with these stakes, you just got to take it one one game at a time. Oh, it's so brilliant, Renee. Also, I want to thank you for coming on to the uh, roller coaster. What a ride this past weekend, winning the Western Conference, a dramatic fashion but the kick of a vet it was legendary and congrats again on a fine fine performance thank you thank you for having me awesome cheers now cheers The Rocky Mountain Experts won a cliffhanger of a tournament in the Premier Rugby Sevens Westerns kickoff event in Minnesota, taking out the Golden State Retrievers 22-19 with an unbelievable last-second score by the high-flying, slippery sensation Jock Odendahl. We welcome the player of the tournament to the roller coaster. Oh, thanks for that, Dallin. That's quite an introduction. Appreciate it.
Oh, anytime, buddy. Well, listen, I want to say Jeepers Creepers, that final was as tight as Robin's skinny jeans. Jock, can you take us through the highs and the lows of that game? Because it had everything. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a hectic game. I, th- I thought the retrievers uh, were quite good on defense. On the, their seven-up defense worked quite well. Yeah, we managed to to score a few quite early, get in the game, and then yeah, the last the last few moments was yeah, it wasn't. I don't know how, how it happened. It was quite a quite a flash. So yeah, it was it was just just amazing to be a part of. That's such a thrilling game. Honestly, it, it, I thought the other team had won it as well, and then it went back the other way. Ty Nosa had a brilliant, brilliant final, some ridiculous skills. Yeah. Uh, but you've come a long way, my friend, from the small farm in Freyhead, South Africa. Yeah, yeah. It's a long way, just representing Freyhead. Eh? <laughs> well, yeah. congratulations for me. Huge Thanks, win bro. on Saturday. Nail biters, I think, and now I was sharing with Dallin and all, all, all semis and all finals, uh, both the women's side and the men's side. Now, the experts have been the most on-form side for the men's division. The Premier Sevens, the first year they won the inaugural. Last year they won two. There must be something they're brewing down there at, at NAV. What can you tell us about working with those magic coaches, JT and Emil, and what makes this program so successful? Yeah, I mean, since day one that I walked in into that team, it's just. Uh, you're just surrounded by a, a quality culture and, and a bunch of, of leaders like uh, Maddie and Corey. Like those guys are exceptional leaders in my eyes. And uh, obviously, Madison Hughes there, also a great leader. And uh, JK and, and Emil at the end of the day, like just drive, constantly driving that environment and uh, like just making the team come together. Like they did that in a matter of three or four days. And yeah, like, I mean, the day one we landed and a lot of guys didn't know each other that well. And we gelled. It was about three or four days that we that we started clicking. Yeah, I want to, I want to talk about that, right? So the on-field chemistry is so vital in the game of sevens. and 15s, it gets lost a little bit because there's a big squad that travel. So I know you've played with a lot of those teammates before, but what is it? What sort of activities do you do? Let our audience know, like, how do you yeah. connect, you know, and it's not just on the field, you know? Yeah. So just during the week, we just uh, we obviously had our meals together. JK and Emil decided to to organize a little team bonding for us. We went uh, laser gun, uh, like we uh, we divided into teams and had like laser guns, like team deathmatch and that type of stuff at the, the Mall of America. Uh, just like moments like that, that just brought us together. And uh, no, just in general, like, one one moment that stands out for me is when our team, like we went to the park and literally just sat down as a team and 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 had to, as a player individually, you had to discuss what your weaknesses and strengths are and then how the team can help you in, in, in that sense, you know. So just like small things like that, it's like it just brings you together and makes you comfortable and knowing the guy next to you, what he struggles with or what he's good at and, you know, playing off of that, so... That was that was that was quite quite eye opening for me. And yeah, and also very honest and vulnerable as well. So yeah, I, I love that how you know how coaches come up with different ways to keep people connected because everybody's yeah. looking for the same results at the end, but it, it's the team that kind of trusts each other that wins. Yeah, yeah. So that that's basically basically what what stood out for me in that sense. But just an overall like what JK and Emil does is they kind of let us be as players and like just give us that freedom to to express ourselves in that way they're not really like you know like you have to do it this way you have to do it a certain way 
they they allow the, uh, us to to like you know express ourselves. So that's nice. Now there's no easy matches in the Western Conference. How was that opening semifinal against Rhino X Loggerheads? Yeah, I mean, uh, we we got a quick try, but I think we just kind of rubbed off the dust a little bit in that first try uh, in that first game. Uh, it was uh, just to get the nerves out because uh, we've been waiting. Obviously, uh, the game got postponed a little bit, so the nerves were just a little bit extra there. Yeah, it was a good it was a good run for us as a team. We learned a lot from that game that we could have that we used in the final game, and uh, yeah, no, it was it was fun to to be in that game. And then, listen, you already mentioned Madison Hughes, the Olympian in your squad, and and he was a, a late a late call, I would say, because Robert and I interviewed him on the podcast and he wouldn't give us an answer. And uh, so finally, he did join your team. What does he add? What sort of dimension does he bring to the table? Yeah, he brings, I mean, he came in Thursday. and Yeah, what a player. He's, he's so good at articulating like uh, his points and what he wants to do. Like, yeah, he came in and I was like, who's this guy? Because I've heard about him. I've obviously, he's done a lot of things for sevens. Um, and yeah, he just, I just started learning from him since, like, from the moment he got there. I just, uh, he kind of just taught me a few things and, and I just started learning from him. What a man. And since moving to the U.S., you've also been doing a great deal of coaching in in Atlanta. We first met last year at Life University, where you were working with the legend Colton Carriaga. How has coaching helped shape you as a player? Well, I must say, at first, I didn't think it was going to have a big impact, but it had such a extreme impact on 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 me as a player. Like going back into playing, like just the perspective and 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 the way you see the overall picture. It's just because as a player, you sometimes just focus on yourself and focus on 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 what you do, but you never see the big picture. And and if you understand the bigger picture, I think as a player, and again, it's more clear to you. Then then you understand where you're going, you know. And and I think coaching gave that to me. And I, I want to touch on a couple of quick things. So, how important is the PRO sevens, you know, in the landscape of developing players and exposing them to the highest level, you know, outside of the World Series? Yeah, I think I think it's it's an excellent platform, especially obviously having the the names like Dan Norton and Madison and those guys around you. Like, just just being on that platform with them and learning from them. I mean, you can go you can go to places um, from here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and was there a particular player that, like you mentioned, Dan Norton? I mean, what a legend that he's playing in PRO sevens. Yeah. Uh, there's some Vigian stars as well. Was there one name in your mind? You're like, hey, this is this is Lacquer. I'm going to go against this player head to head. Yeah, I was I was hoping to go against Dan Norton. Uh, yeah. We didn't get him this tournament, but uh, yeah, they looked like they have some potential as a team. So maybe maybe we see each other in the final. But uh, yeah, I also want to uh, go against Branko Dupri. I know he got signed for the Loggerheads, so so would like to go against some fellow South African. Yeah, a couple of legends for sure. Well, we want to say bye, Dunkey, for joining us on the roller coaster. We look forward to seeing your experts carve up in the Western Conference Finals at PayPal Park in. San Jose, California, July 15th. My man, it's been a pleasure commentating you in Rugby Town 7s, PR 7s last year, and then, of course, watching your car on the big screen has been really fun. Yeah, thanks so much, Dylan. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Back in, my friend. Thanks for listening to the Rugby 7s roller coaster. Visit PR7s.com to buy tickets to the five tournaments in 2023. Austin, Texas, June 17th. Minneapolis, Minnesota, June 24th. San Jose, California, July 15th. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, July 23. And the PR7s Championship on August 6. Connect with us on social media PR7s and watch any of the previous tournaments on the Premier Rugby 7s YouTube channel. 
See you next time, you sleek sensations.